Hello. Has it been a strange day for you? <laughs> it's been a strange day in this world. I, I say in the evening because that's when I record these, when the house is quiet. Um, you might not be listening to them in the evening, so sorry if that seems strange. But it was today, it's been issues of cybersecurity and extortion emails for Bitcoin? I mean, Bitcoin, really? So, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's, you just got to laugh at life. So I tried to pick a topic tonight that um, I hope would resonate with you. We're, we're going to be approaching it from an, uh, with examples from early childhood rearing and parenting. Uh, but oh my goodness, it transcends into the adult world so well. So kind of think about yourself and the other tall people in your life as we go through these. Um, so on that, the subject of instant gratification, uh, you all have heard of the research, the marshmallow research, right? Where they give little kids, you know, incentives. If you don't eat this marshmallow, then we'll give you more later. And uh, it's, and it's a little bit of a kind of a riff on B.F. Skinner's chicken pecking with the corn, right? Um, uh, as a long time ago. So um, I picked two graphics, two, two pictures here, the elevator and the stairs. And I put this in almost every one of the workshops when I get a chance to be with you face to face. Because it's really, I think these two are good examples of, uh, of a comparison. So pick, think of something in your heart of hearts that either is an issue that your kid is struggling with or you personally are struggling with. And then wouldn't you love to solve that by just getting in the elevator, pressing the button to the floor you wanted, you get out, boom, you're all done, right? It's been solved. Um, whatever else new is looming, well, it's, it's just been replaced by something else on the list, right? And so that journey has been really fast, right? You know what they say, it's not the destination, it's the journey. And that as we take journeys of difficulty, those are really character forming for us. Have you heard it said that if we didn't have the, the valleys, then the mountains wouldn't seem so well, seem so special? And so it's that change of rate, um, it's that difference, it's that the highs, the lows, and not that you would get emotionally hung up on the highs and the lows, but that it's part of that, it's part of the journey that there's, there's strife, there's something you have to work for. And then when you really work for something, don't you appreciate it more? It's kind of like, you know, the, like letting your, giving your kids money or letting them earn allowance. If they're spending your money, they'll be glad to whiz right through it, right? But if they get to keep what's left over, or they had to earn it in the first place, then all of a sudden their buying decisions are much more prudent. Haven't you noticed? So, so think also then of, of something that you, you might be personally struggling with, right? Um, it could be that last five pounds or that last 10 pounds. Or what well, we're all in this day and age right now with the COVID-19 and everybody staying in self-isolation, there's too many carbohydrates rolling around and not enough exercise and people are uncertain about so many things into the future. So, well, hey, snacks, here we come, right? So guess where the extra calories are stored? If you're an apple, it's around your stomach. If you're a pear, it's, you know, around your rumpus. And... um 
So then you go, man, I was down to five pounds over and now it's a little bit more than that. So the the lamentation of weight gain, right? So that's a pretty common one. But anyway, anyway, good old elevators, don't we love them? We can just get where we got to go. But do we develop any muscle, any muscle tone? Um, am I improving my cardiovascular when I take an elevator? No. Haven't you heard that? You know, you take the stairs and you, you get, you're healthier, your immune system's stronger, your muscle tone is better, your skin looks better, you got bl- better blood pumping. And, and, and so, yes, part of that is stress. And if, let's say, we just went from physical stress on the heart and the organs and, the, and maybe the knees, but if you, if you work stairs the right way and don't walk splay-footed, and have good body architecture, then you're not going to wear out your um, uh, your joints as badly, right? I've got some of that stuff going on with osteoarthritis. So you want to watch your body architecture and don't wear off the cartilage on the back of your platella. That would be a good thing um, for those of us with, with uh, bending the knees issues. <laughs> okay, so and then the, there's another advantage, right, of the stairs. Um, you get a chance to learn something. And then you got some implementation, some practice. So let's say we're not really good at it in the future. I mean, we pick something and not really good at it in the moment, but we practice it. So you you climb the step and then you go forward, right? You see the up and then the, then there's the forward. So you have the up and then you have the level, the up and then the level. And so if you can think about that as practice. And so therefore, what you get at, when you get up to the top of the stairs in metaphorically, whatever your, your issue is you're thinking of, you've, you've earned a whole lot more neural pathways because you went through the experience of the journey and it took some striving and it took some effort and it took some re- continued effort and it took practice and you made real neural pathways. Whereas if you were in the elevator going up, you, you didn't. You didn't make anything. You just arrived. And now all you've done is gone on to the next thing that you're all stressed about you, or don't appreciate or aren't good at or feel bad about yourself. But you've had no, you haven't built the muscle to feel good about whatever it was you achieved. So it's like lazy, but without any of the good parts. Okay? So anyway, that's just a little take on stairs compared to elevators. <laughs> so let's go on to a few childhood examples, all right? Forgive me if I'm belaboring the point, but let's let's talk here about some um, uh, motor function. So for any of our kids that have developmental delays and they are um, struggling with uh, midline crossover, um, yeah, we could talk even about the executive functioning piece, but if we stick just to the OT part, the fine, the um, um, so the PT and the OT and, and the fine motor part, which would be the arms, the legs, the balance, the vestibular, the proprioceptive. So here's a kid. You're looking at my boy there, uh, John. This is probably kindergarten, first grade, maybe first grade. At that stage in his life, he still had not a good two-footed launch. So imagine you're watching me and I'm jumping up in the air on both feet and then I land on both feet you know, just at the same time. So for what he was doing was kind of like lifting one and kind of cheating and keeping the other on the, on the floor, kind of some bizarre type of skip jumping. And when I explain it to people, it's like, you know what? His sensory integration is so poor and his, that, that if he lifted both feet off the ground at the same time, he has no reassurance that the ground is going to be there when he comes back down. So it's like he has to be anchored to, 
to Mother Earth or to the floor. Even to this day now, it's 13 years old. You know, I might go up or down the steps two at a time. And he's still doing it the grandma way, you know, the grandpa way. Like one foot, then he joins. So it's down one and then it joins. And he doesn't go, he doesn't like alternate steps although we've tried to practice that and he's hanging on to the railing and it looks so funny he's got his little legs going so fast trying to go down the stairs at the rate he wants to but he hasn't quite trusted that he can do alternating steps so how do you help your kid with that right how do you get something purposeful so bless god bless the heart and and mind and expertise of rosemary slade pediatric occupational therapist uh, registered state of texas She's been in my home for weeks of years, years of weeks. And her, you see her intervention here. So she said, get one of those big exercise balls and then shove it into a corner and then anchor it with your knee. Get him up on top. So it's kind of like a little domed trampoline. And then what our incentive was is my son has in the past loved to stem by opening and shutting doors. We still have some of that fixation right now. And a small, small advantage is that if we were ever in a grocery store <laughs> or any other kind of store, I basically already always knew where he was. You know, if he wasn't with me, he was over at the bathroom. It's a love-hate relationship with the door and the freedom and the loudness and the blow dryers and the toilets and the flushing and the going to the bathroom like a big kid and scared to do that at the same time and 10 years old before he got number twos in the right place. I mean, this, this all of that was such a challenge and the call of the siren. Um... You might get away with it when he was three, four, but now, but not when he's 24, right? So we've been working on that not being a stem and it still scares him. He will still to this day, open the door, stick his head in and see if there's a dang blow dryer in there. And those ones at Target and McDonald's, they are the worst. And if he sees just, and if there's another person in there, he won't go in. And even if I tell him, if we're in a family bathroom and I say, I promise I won't turn it on, or you can go in there, you don't turn it on and just go fast and you're the only person in there. We still have irregular trust in that, irregular confidence. Sometimes he'll go in and he'll zip right back out and he will have the biggest grin on his face. He said, mom, I did it. I got in and I got out. So anyway, it's a bathroom is a thing. So back to opening and closing the door. Sorry, digression. Um, so he, he would, I would, I would say to him, oh, John, hey, do you want to open this door? And I'm, yeah, of course, he's salivating, right? He can't wait to stem. So I say, okay, you want to open this door, then get up on the ball here. And, you, 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 and I'm going to hold up my hands, one finger each, and you can kind of see the grip there. So we, I try to get him at my eye level. He's, I'm barely holding him upright. He's doing all the balance on those feet. And you see, he doesn't necessarily have his soul completely on the ball anyway, does he? And then he would have to count to 20 with a good two-footed launch. If, he, if any of those things didn't work, we had to start over. And then I would do sing-song, play with him. He doesn't look very happy there. But there were times when we would be interacting on the social-emotional, counting, articulation, the balance, the jumping... And then the happy joy of achievement of actually doing it. And then he would get to 20 and he would be able to hop off and go open that door. Well, then I'd say, hey, John, 
Would you like to close that door? <laughs> and oh yeah, yeah, he sure would. Okay, back up here, Buster. And so then we would jump again. Uh, but if if we had to start over, if it wasn't perfect form, we're good enough for Rosemary. I'm sorry, it doesn't count. We're back on it, right? So he had to earn the stimming. <laughs> now, as time has gone by, he's great with his two-footed launch. He's He can ride bikes. He can. We've kind of gotten a little rusty on the rollerblades. Um, but uh, anyway, we you see the point is that, it is that if motor function is stalled, then he's not going to get if gross motor if the big arm the arm if the legs aren't maturing, then how are the dendrites for the fine motor going to be able to? It's a continuum. I don't have a picture of that right now because we're not really talking about gross motor, fine motor, mo motor planning. I'm just using this as an example of. For him to get that two-footed launch, boy, wouldn't I have loved that we could have just popped him in that kid elevator. He'd have had a two-footed launch. He'd pop out the top floor. We'd be done. But the only way to move forward was to do it the hard way. Well, to do it the consistent way. We also have a hard way, easy way game we play, which is basically almost several times a day. We have a list that he works on that we've negotiated the night before. So when he gets up, he knows what he's got to work on. And there's lots of, you know, opportunity in there to play and goof off. And I even have goof off as one of the things we have to do. Uh, but, but we, um, the point there is that we, it has to be the time to practice, right? That he couldn't do the two-footed launch. Just we had to take a tiny step, practice, take another piece, keep practicing, building those neural pathways. And pretty soon he had the achievement. So we, it would be as if he got to the top of the proverbial stairway with a two-footed launch, which then allowed him to start up the next stairway of trying to do better with those fingertips of his. You know, because gross motor um, mastery, quasi-mastery, will lead then to fine motor, we hope quasi-mastery, <laughs> which then we would hope would lead to oral motor quasi-mastery. And then we could maybe get some sentences and then he can brush his teeth and he can stand the haircuts, which we've already talked about, but there's more coming about how that trigeminal and the haircuts and the buzz clippers and the blow dryers and the toothbrushes, those kind of things then now can be just a regular part of life instead of something that's just, oh my God, we got to try to get through brushing our teeth tonight because of the oral defensiveness, because the trigeminal nerve system is just freaking him out in his little sensory integration project there inside that little hunk of skin you see. Okay, so that's a long drawn out delayed gratification compared to a neurotypical kid who'd be in the elevator, he'd have that two-footed launch. It's a neurodevelopmental step, age two, age three. You know, what does that American Pediatric Association say for the standard benchmarks? I'm always reading those going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Must be nice to hit the standard benchmarks. <laughs> um, anyway, so, okay, let's click and go on to the next one. All right, here's some examples of different kinds of, right? And what I'm trying to do here by these variety of examples is just as you go through your day-to-day -day with your kid, it's it's a joy of the day. It's a joy of the journey to have something to work on together. For them to see, okay, this is a challenge. I have challenges. Other kids have different kinds of challenges. Nobody's perfect. We all have our things that we need to practice and get better at. 
And if you practice and you keep practicing and you keep practicing, those neural pathways will be right there. And then boom, before you know it, you'll be on to the next thing, the next skill. You'll be moving up that benchmark scale and it will be, you you will catch your breath. I can guarantee you if you can just be consistent in building the neural pathways and the boundaries and the holding those boundaries and the working on the immune system and the methylation, those eyes will start to get shinier and shinier and your kid will start to grow in the right direction. And pretty soon you'll see them just kind of every day doing a little bit more something like Rip Van Winkle waking up, a little bit more neurotypical. Yes, still delayed, right? But we're going to catch up someday. Now, will our will our um, intellect, what will that intellect be? Do we have some impairments there? I don't know. I'm in no hurry to nail that baby down. And I've even gone through the R and the IEP at the school and we've, we've waved, we, we've skipped over the, the opportunity to try to nail that piece down right now because he's still in rip snorting movement forward. Everybody knows that that child is not stuck. Now, is he keeping on a par with peers? No. Is his mitochondrial with peers? No. Does he have the muscle tone? No. Um, do we have the testosterone of peers? No. Um, even uh, um, other kids with developmental delay have probably got more hair on their body than John does. But we are moving forward and we are making progress and we are not stuck. So if you can just celebrate with, about with your, with your child that, all right, you might not be at the same rate of, of progression, the rate of, of new things that someone else would be, but that's just, you know, that's quicksand to try to compare your kid to anybody else. It's also quicksand, right? You get on any of the social media and you look at everybody else's so-called perfect life, which really all they're doing is just showing you the highlights. They're not showing you the day in, day out kind of heartbreak and sadness and ups and downs and all that. It's quicksand to try to compare your life to anybody else because this is not, I'm not walking your journey. I'm walking my journey. And if you're a spiritual person at all, then you have to believe that our kids are not mistakes and that they've got a purpose, a real, tangible, real, you know, purpose for being here and what they're teaching us and what they're teaching the world and how the challenges they're having to overcome, just like you've had to overcome unique challenges, right? And so please watch that. It's a really, really slippery slope just to look at other kids and go, uh, yeah, but my kid can't. Instead, right, we're supposed to compare them to who they were yesterday, just like that's what we're supposed to do with ourselves. I should compare me to the gale of last week or last hour or last year or yesterday, and see if I'm a better person, a, a kinder, more considerate, intelligent, well-read, um, tighter-toned. <laughs> I did those. Cl- I did those cross walkover. Those, you know, when you're supposed to do those crunches. Not so much just the crunches, but you know, you go and um, uh, crisscross, right? Because you're working on your that that waist area. Okay. Uh, that I would hopefully be a better person than I was yesterday. All right, so let's take a look at some of those examples. You see the two little pictures with the feet. All right, I've shared with you all on a previous podcast the thing about, you know, where I put my foot on his and that story. So I won't repeat that, but that is just a prompt on motor planning. Slow down. Stand still. Wait, John. Just listen. Be at peace in your own skin. Hear your thoughts. Feel your feelings. 
Don't just be in a big old stem and hurry to move through this and get distracted and, 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 and slop through your worksheets and slop through your reading because you just want to put it all behind you. Slow down. And then the blog post with the, um, the cartoon feet there, um, it's kind of a, a takeoff on that, was um, he would be in a hurry to move somewhere and not paying attention to what I was asking him to do, right? Because sometimes they're just lost in their own thoughts. And I would just put my foot on his, or I'd say, hey, we can just wait. I'll be glad to wait until you're ready to do it right. Another way is right now with just all the distractions and we're trying to do all this online learning and they just kind of get frenzied. So I say, all right, you just tell me when you're ready to listen or when you're ready to talk. One good sentence. Don't just throw a bunch of words at me over and over and over because you're just trying to get them out of your head because you want to say them over and over and you think I'm not listening and blah, 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 right? That's, that's a verbal stem. That's great. You got the pre-verbal the, 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 the pre babble to, to say it all really fast. And I'm really glad your tongue can move that fast and you can say those words that fast, but you're not communicating to me in a way that I can understand what you want. So that's a kind of rapid fire that if they shoot that out at you, you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. Tell me when you're ready for me to listen. I can wait. So bringing that back to that instant gratification compared to the slow work of stopping and hearing your breath, being mindful. Hear your words. Think about your words. Yes, self-control. Yes, that's great about movement, but then the movement has the ballast, which is waiting and self-regulation. Just like a ship that, f that goes to sea with a load, right? And then when it comes back to port, it needs to put something in it so it stays th with the right water level. So they'll fill it up with whatever, right? Stuff. They call that for ballast. And then it, it has to, it can't come back empty. It's got to have something else in it. So there's a yin to the yang. And so with the idea there of, that's, that's great that we're moving forward with some of these skills, but we're back to that practicing. So the, the, the new skill might be the upward part of the stairway, and then we need to build the neural pathway, the practice, the slow down, the mastery, the get good at it before you just try to rush on to the next thing. Get that answer right. There's a lot of, of games we're playing um, di uh, digitally delivered that are help that are supposed to help him with his learning. And from the analytics that we're getting from the outputs, yeah, he's making progress. But if he just slops through the question and grabs the first answer and doesn't look at each one of them because it's too hard to scan and his the, the visual integration isn't there, so he'll just pick something and clunk and then it'll know be the wrong answer and then he'll just guess... If he's guessing on multiple choice questions, then we aren't gaining anything. So take the time to practice well. Read the question before you try to jump up the next stairway. Read it, get it right. I say, John, we have to win. The goal here isn't to just hurry through the test. The goal is to get them right. And yes, fine, if you want to gather coins and Mario coins and all that kind of stuff, that's great. But but sometimes that incentive for him isn't enough. And because he wants to get done, right? And he feels bad enough about himself because I don't know truly the sensory whack 
that's coming to a child, your child, my child, with all of the other um, conflicting sensory inputs, right? What kind of churning washing machine noise? You know, you saw that movie Armadeus, a Mozart, when when his ears weren't, um, he had the damage to his eardrums after his his father grabbed him and uh, messed with his eardrums, and all he heard was that that tinnitus, that constant ringing of the ear. I have a little bit of that from. A, a, a pool or a couple of things in my life that caused some damage to my eardrum. So if I think about it, I can hear that little ringing tone. Most of the time I don't think about it, but that tinnitus, tinnitus is the ringing of the eardrums, right? So all those hard rock and roll guys that didn't wear the earplugs, their ears are shot. Their hearing is shot. So whatever it is that somebody is trying to get through the sensory overload because they want to be free of something, they're not building the neural pathways that they need to be able to really do it well and move on to the next level and do that well. They need to have the preparation, right? So we're back to the stairway. There's a joy in the stairway because it's the journey. It's the journey of learning to do, to do something well and you feel positive about yourself and strong about yourself. And if we can show that to our kids and, and instead of saying, instead of lamenting, oh man, I know, how come this isn't working? Instead of us demonstrating and modeling our impatience because something isn't going fast enough for us, how about we just be, every once in a while, let them hear us say, wow, that felt good to work through that and earn it. You know, not, not earn it the hard way and not, I don't know what about, like I say with him, hard way or easy way, right? Come on, please, John, please pick easy way. Mom hates hard way. Hard way always hurts. And so that's kind of it, but it's really more that you just have achieved, you've persevered. The stairs are like perseverance. And then you build resilience with perseverance and you realize, okay, so small failures, I get up and I dust myself off and I start all over again. I try again. And I've mentioned that there's been, oh, so many days and multiple times during days sometimes where we will look at each other and realize, okay, slippery slope, screwed up, not good. Mom, sorry. I truly apologize. John, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Can we please start over? And that's what perseverance is, is realizing, okay, I need to do this better. Not with a bunch of guilt and not with a bunch of, you know, bad feelings and not because, oh, I wasted yesterday, but I'm happy about the today, the self-discipline, the, 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 the job done well. Okay, so um, now let's go down to the bottom row there. So that's one, he's wearing the same shirt on those two days, so that was a trip to the grocery store. He must have gotten that little card game somewhere, you know, they give out Happy Meal little goofy games. And so I'm, I'm always carrying something with me, right, to look like what is it we could do that's neurotypical uh, in appearance that would help him. I mean, playing games, I don't know if you guys play board games at your house, but we don't get to too many board games. Uh, we try to, but it's, it's just something we don't get to unless we have other people that are there and and even then, he's not so patient with it all. And I think that could be blowback because he knows he's not, he knows that he's not up to par. But anyway, we're working on that. So here's these cards and we're trying to hold the cards and read the cards and put them where they need to go. You see, I did buy him a little coffee there, right? So we're sitting at the grocery store, taking a few moments of social time, social modeling before we hit the groceries and, and, and practice stopping 
doing something together. It's therapeutic, but we're not talking about that because he got a hot chocolate. He got a kid's hot chocolate out of the thing. And he's sitting there like, you know, in those nice big easy chairs. It's actually one of those Starbucks little, Starbucks little subsets inside the grocery store. And uh, it was a nice little experience there. And I remember taking that photograph saying, okay, you know, here's, here's a, an, I, hope he's do, I hope he does that when he's 30. I hope he's sitting there doing something similar to that and at peace in his own skin with a few friends. I hope he's one of those little old men that I see sitting around the tables, but they have their community, right? Because don't we want our kids to have the community? And how do you build social, emotional, neural pathway habits and, and the willingness to call a friend or text a friend and make a social interaction happen? Because you practiced it. Because it's not the fast journey in the elevator. It's that, 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 that slowly acquired um, texting of taking the social initiative, realizing that he would like to do something with friends. Okay, good. What's your plan A, dude? And what's your plan B in case plan A doesn't work out? And then let's make sure we have a plan C too, all right? I don't use all those words with him, but in my mind, I'm clocking them. What are we going to do with that? And then teach him, okay, so if they say no, all right, what are we going to go do? And if it's just us, let's go on an adventure and let's go see what's there. Let's go have some fun. Because not all life is a pack, right? There's not always a, a posse going someplace. Okay, so then we finish that little uh, social emotional chunk and then we go to grocery shopping. All right, so I let him have free reign in the store. We've backward chained so I know he's good on boomerang and he's not going to be stemming at the bathroom. He'll want to go. He'll tell me. I say, awesome, go there, wash your hands, meet me wherever I am. Find me in the store when you're done. Oh, and by the way, you can pick out one thing that you love and you can put it in the cart. So there's some, you know, multiple steps, right? So we're working on executive functioning, working memory, self-care, uh, decision-making. And of course, he gets to push the cart. <laughs> I might move his hands apart further so it's bit, a bit more of a tripod kind of a thing for the leverage right to left, you know, if he's like a turning radius kind of a thing. Um, and, and if he, but even whichever way he puts his hands on the cart, it's still a motor function. Uh, and I would even say midline crossover for the tone of it all to, uh, to navigate the cart. And the more groceries you got in it, in it, the more weight, the more ballast back to our ballast in the cart, then the more muscle tone and, um, uh, mitochondrial workout he's going to get core strength and all that. So I don't ever push the grocery cart. I let him, I also let him lead into the store, out of the store. We've only been lost once in our life and we've talked about that. And now I want him to navigate and acquire his own internal GPS because someday he will drive. And he's now on his bike going with a little pack of friends out of our uh, subdivision across some busy streets and getting into the grocery store. <laughs> and he's there are three neurotypicals in John and they're within an eight, a year or two of each other. Um, I cannot tell you how joyful that is for me. I, I, I just like, please don't get hit. You know, please be safe. Here's $5. Share with the other kids. And it's a massive social feel good about himself to go and to navigate all that stuff, right? But he needs to have a, have a GPS bearing. So I'm always letting him be first 
wherever we go. If I find myself in a big hurry to get to the car and hurry, 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 well, then I'm just making a bad choice with, with time. That's not the way that anything is going to ever really get into his long-term memory. Okay, so the next and the last one here is the drumsticks. So we did have a music tutor that came to the house. We did piano, and then we went to percussion, um, and then she fired us. <laughs> so that wasn't a good uh, memory, but um, anyway, there were duct tape on the floor. I did about four or five um, Po, uh, uh, blogs on the uh, uh, innovative approaches to it all. We worked uh, music into our intermediate school, fifth and sixth grade, uh, playing in the percussion, taking uh, lessons on the outside. Now we're engaged with the music program at our church, uh, filming the professionals that are doing it. We I bought a used drum set from the um, uh, um, uh, on the internet. That's in the house. So. And interactive metronome fits that too, right? So he's, anything that deals with um, music turns him on, really builds his neural pathways. And it happens to be really sweet that he, that it's worship kind of music, right? Because we went through confirmation. His dad recently went to heaven. He's, we've lost a foreign exchange student prematurely because of COVID-19 that we really loved. So John's had more than his fair share of emotional loss. And he finds comfort in these um, faith uh, worship videos of music. And he, he's met the people. He's shook hands and, and gotten photographs. And um, I'm sorry, shaken hands, right? Except nobody's shaking hands anymore. It may be the death of the handshake. But anyway, he gets to see these rock stars in person because we're taping them. And it's just a really beautiful loop, a completed loop for him with music. Um, so check out the, the blog posts if you want about the power of, of music and what it's meant to him. And we're now in seventh grade, concert band number four at our public school system. And we had to prove to them that he could be trusted at the football game to sit on the bleachers and do the right thing. Um, they didn't quite believe us because um, they just haven't had anybody from specialized instruction that would make the effort to practice and to show up and to perform and so John's his own little version of pioneer there, you know. Some days I'm really proud of him. <laughs> Other days he's blanking four or five minutes, you know, but oh well, that's, that's, he's a boy. What, what can I expect, right? So um, just let your kid find out, find out what they love and then break down some barriers, you know. Maybe they have to prove that they want it, that they're hungry enough. But I say, John, if you want to do well, you're going to have to practice more. Look at those guys. You know how much they practice compared to how much you practice? So it's I, I'm just trying to always let him feel his power. So we're right back to the stairs. Does, does an elevator make you feel powerful? No. Does it build any muscle tone? No. Do the stairs, that practice and new and practice and new, something new, practice it, get good at it, master it, go on to the next thing new. Does that make you feel good about yourself? Does that make you feel powerful? Does that lead you to um, a belief in yourself that you can keep on doing new things? Doesn't it? Right? No matter who is the person that's, that's trudging up the steps, there's joy in each one of those overcoming gravity and the effort to lift that foot and then to practice and to lift your foot again and to practice. And you feel proud of yourself and your self-esteem matters. And what do our young people right now, what are they drowning in? 
low self-esteem, feelings of shame, um, uh, comparison, all those what you, you don't, you, how do we help them to get away from that, okay? All right, so anyway, thank you for your time, um, and uh, uh, I look forward to these very much. Uh, I'm recording them late at night. It's, you know, like right now it's heading toward 2 o'clock. But that's all right. I, I wish we were doing this face-to-face. -face. So peace be with you. I hope they're helping you out some. If you have any topics you'd like to discuss or some pictures or have some concerns, um, uh, please send them through the website or through the email or through any of the social media. Um, uh, I'm also working on these topics as far as adults. We got a little bit of that sprinkled in here today, but mainly the, the, the focus right now is to share parenting ideas. So if you've got some, I'm all ears. Alrighty. Thanks. Take care. See you soon. Bye.